0: All right, so, Brett, I'm like, really, you know, again, I feel like there are so many workers out there, and they're just not getting paid enough. And I think it's the government's, because evil capitalists come in, and they they, they want to just take people's labor. They'll, they'll sell them short. They'll, they're not paying people a livable wage, right? And it's important to me that our citizens of this country are paid at least $15, maybe even more, I would I would actually advocate for like fifty dollars an hour. And I think it's important that the guy down the street has a home and has food for his family. And like these big businesses are just ripping people off. And to me it's like we need to force these businesses to do the right thing. Transmitting directly from the launch pad. In blue color to your cell tower. The rock and roll libertarian himself. It's time to blast off with Johnny Rocket. Hey, this is Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, the beautiful Rayleigh Lighthawk.
1: Hello, guys. Hi, Johnny. how you doing well i am excited for this interview i'm having a great day i have warm socks on i turned on the heat because i needed to and you're drinking water and water i'm feeling hydrated i mean i'm taking care of me but how are you doing
0: i'm exhausted i am so tired yeah i am having like i don't like the night before last i got like two hours of sleep the night before that i got Mm -hmm. like three hours of sleep and then last night, my dumbass was like, I'm going to go to bed early. 9.30, guaranteed. Going to bed. Boom. We're done. Hell no. Guess what? dumbass, up until midnight again. And I'm just like, I'm killing myself. And I can't, like, my voice, I can hear it. I'm like, oh, man, I am just worn the bleep out. Worn the f*** out.
1: Did you just bleep yourself?
0: I bleep myself, you know?
1: Who are you? I don't Johnny, know. Johnny, you are just such a man lately. You're like, no, I'm everyone's dad. I'll bleep myself.
0: That's right. No, 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 it's cool, but like, whatever. Like, Ben, right, I was saving him a bleep there. But <laughs> I don't know. I've just been so tired. I've been wearing myself thin. It's been ridiculous.
1: You just did a Lions of Liberty, right?
0: Yeah, I did that last night. So I'm just like worn out. League of Liberty, not Lions of
1: oh, Liberty. Oh, yeah. League of Liberty. Which so you can many. find right. if,
0: if you subscribe to our Patreon at supportblastoff.com or patreon.com forward slash blastoff podcast and uh yeah it's it's cool we have we have a good time we do it monthly with uh mark claire roger paxton chris Spangler, and myself and uh we talk about topics such as podcasting what is libertarianism what's pissing us off things that are going on in current events and mostly just things that are pissing us off that's what we usually talk about but raylene are you ready to bring on our guest
1: yes yes yes
0: all right here we go Brent DeRitter was raised on the southeastern coast of North Carolina in what was, at the time, a small fishing and tourist town. He grew up believing that being a good country boy meant being a Republican. But it was his Republican father's strong adherence to his own principles that turned him into an activist, and with the full support of his wife and four daughters, that allows him to continue. He has worked in animal rescue as a shelter manager. He was a bank supervisor, commercial fisherman, a salesman, and a trainer. It's that experience as a sales trainer that he put to work for the Liberty Movement. Aside from being the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of North Carolina, as well as working on several political and apolitical projects, Brent co-founded the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. At LCDR, they strive to answer the question that we're so often asked. If not the government, who? Their answer is, we will. When our neighbors are in need, when they are homeless, when they are hungry, and they are without, we will. Raylene, prepare for liftoff.
1: Copy that, Johnny.
0: Covers, tie-downs, and grounding cables.
1: Removed as required.
0: Communications connected. Check. Preamps in the green.
1: Check. Cold beer. Double check.
0: Thrusters are hot! Raylene, are you ready to
1: rock? All systems go, Johnny.
0: Let's blast off with Brent D. Ritter! Welcome to the show, dude. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Rock and roll. So, Brent, you know, the, one of the main reasons we wanted to bring you on here is you've been doing some really cool stuff. And got this organization, uh, Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. And it's really cool. I love what you're doing. You're basically, can you just tell our audience more? You you do it better than me. So, tell us a little bit about that and why you started it or why did you co-found
2: it? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, I was involved in, in some sort of project and was... Hard at work, and my 13 year old, 12 at the time, walked in and told me that, in her sternest voice, that we needed to immediately do something for uh, the victims of Hurricane Harvey. That was while the hurricane was still hitting the coast there in Texas, and um, we started a donation drive. And it ended up being the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief. We we ended up with a lot of volunteers that wanted to help out, and a lot of good activists that were getting involved, and we really gained some traction there pretty quickly. So we had a I think a couple of uh, large 18 wheelers with full of supplies, one of them from New Hampshire, shipped down to Houston and had some volunteers going out, actually pulling people out of the water and doing supply drops. And it was a, a good show of force by the Liberty Movement.
0: That is fantastic. That is fantastic. What are some of the successes that you guys have done, though? I mean, you mentioned a few of them. And how long has this been going on?
2: Well, uh, we started after Har or during Harvey, like I said, and, um, it, it was a bunch of liberty movement activists. So once the relief effort was starting to die down, everybody kind of went back to their own projects. And uh-huh. here recently when, when Florence happened, my family and I were displaced and those same friends all kind of got together to, to help us, us out and get us back home. And we thought, you know, the whole family kind of decided together that we would give back by, uh, getting involved with LCDR again and getting things off the ground. And we are going to make this a, a permanent fixture in the liberty movement.
1: I'm really excited, Brent. You were a huge uh, uniting force when that came together. I was I was there helping with the social media stuff. I am blown away at your organizational skills, by the way, which I have none. What do you think that um, you guys need to progress and get bigger and, and really get going do you need people in different regions are you s- setting it up like a caucus style i mean what are you wanting to do to build and grow and how is the uh structure going to look like
2: uh, well we are uh, we're pretend to that, that was english together. i'm sorry please pretend t- i just said <laughs> i totally understood you i speak <laughs> railing it's fine uh <laughs> yeah, brett speaks railing that is awesome <laughs> That is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fluent in Raylene. I can translate if you ever need it. Yep,
0: I, I, I probably do. I probably do, Brent. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Right. Oh, no, you're good. We're, uh, we're just trying to legitimize ourselves a little bit more. We are working on our 501 status. I know that's probably painful for some people to hear, but we can't afford to take on the tax burden ourselves if we are raising a lot of funds. So mm-hmm. we're getting our 501 status, and we will definitely be trying to set up an affiliate in each state. The idea being that we have a skeleton crew in each state that is able to do the legwork if a disaster happens, if and when a disaster happens, and we'll kind of have a, a format, a schedule of events as to how to go about jumping into disaster relief in those states when something happens.
1: Fantastic.
2: So you've been doing this for a while, but
0: what are some of the challenges that you've experienced while doing it besides the the government, right? Like besides the state, what are some of the things that you know may have hindered your
2: progress already? Well, yeah. So aside from the state, and that's obviously the biggest one, but aside from government, rarely do we have volunteers flake. You would think that that would be an issue, but for the most part, when when somebody says they're going to do something, they do it. But it's people not being aware that there's a need. So Mm -hmm. it was a bad year to politicize things. So (laughs) when Florence hit, the media didn't pay as much attention, and when the media doesn't pay attention. Donations and volunteer hours are slow coming in. So right now what we're dealing with is a kind of a decline in donations and a lack of volunteers mm-hmm. to actually get things done from outside of, of the Carolinas. Wow. so thats that's really it. There's not a lot standing in the way. Once government gets out of the way, people are excited to help each other.
1: Obviously, the first step to help you with this, and since I was already kind of working on the team with you, I was thinking about how to help from Washington because I, I'm kind of lost and, and broke. So I was thinking about doing a um, a, literally a texting tree with phone numbers. But do you think that we could be moving into thinking more innovative and as this grows, maybe doing something like an app for volunteers locally and, and things like that so people, could, if they had that app on their phone, then they could know where they could help when they want to and when they have the money or the time? something like that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, something that connects, you know, connects us countrywide or, or worldwide, depending on how quickly we grow. But yeah, something like that would be awesome. And we're a grassroots organization. We're not, everybody's a volunteer, nobody gets paid, nobody's in it for the money. But that means we have to spend some amount of our time elsewhere doing things for money. <laughs> so sure. we need people great. with the skill set to set those those things up.
0: I find this hilarious that you asked him about this because little do the, does the audience know. Right before this this conversation occurred, pre-show, Brent's like, "I have trouble working a cell phone," and then Raylene's asking you about apps. I, I find this hilarious.
1: <laughs> okay, but but if they had an app, he would use it.
2: Yeah, no. If somebody came to, no, I was just saying. Yeah, people that know me know pretty well that I'm a luddite. But yeah, if there was an app, you know, somebody could come and teach me how to use it. I, we could do that. I definitely.
0: just think it was hilarious. Good job, Raylene. I just thought that. I just thought it was hilarious because you're mentioning technology and he's like, uh. Yeah.
1: You know, I've like, you know, here's me trying to trip up the guests. I'm just, this is my hard hitting journalism right now.
0: Yeah, that's funny <laughs> though. That's hilarious.
1: I was just wondering, how do you think that we can get people to see the need and and give up their resources, whether it's time, money, um, things to donate? What are we going to do as libertarians who want to show that private organizations do it? What is the goal, and what's the mission here and, and how do we achieve it, getting vol- more volunteers?
2: Well, uh, what we're doing at LCDR, obviously we're a non-political organization, although a lot of our, our volunteers are, are you know, political activists and work in the political field. But we, we kind of reach across borders and try to grow our network as much as possible. I think that's it really, is, is growing the network of people that we have. I, I don't think that people are, are uninterested in helping. I don't think that's the issue. I think that a lot of times people don't know that help is needed. So just or growing how, our network and expanding hmm. our reach a little bit. That's cool. And yeah, how to help.
0: Yeah, that's great. And here's the thing about, um, you know, we did this, Kimberly and myself did the pie in the face thing for your coalition for disaster relief. And uh, I thought it was great. I felt good about doing it because, again, I'm I'm kind of broke. But at the time, I'm trying to save money right now. But I just felt like, you know what, a couple people saw that. And guess what? They donated. And I think, you know, like even doing stuff like that or little publicity stunts like that, I think is important for the liberty movement. And maybe if you don't have money, but hey, you're bringing awareness because everyone wants to see somebody get hit in the face with a pie. You know what I okay,
1: mean? Okay, okay. I'll do the yeah, pie. That, that's
0: what you have to do. You
1: know I what knew I'm knew saying? I knew that was happening. I knew I was going to get asked. I just didn't want to make a pie. I'm not going to lie. I didn't make one. I didn't want just- to make a pie. What a d- I am such a d- Guys, I'm so sorry.
0: No, we just got like I just got like a pie crust and filled it up with Miracle Whip. Bam!
1: <gasps> you used Miracle Whip. That's disgusting. You <laughs> I know. Use Miracle Whip. Yeah, so miracle much whip. better
0: than what I did. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I did the
1: wait. Cool Whip or Miracle Whip? No, I'm sorry. It, it was
0: the Ready Whip.
1: Okay, okay. Because I thought Cool Whip. I'm sorry. Is like
0: I forgot. But it's a
1: Miracle Whip is a mayonnaise that's very sweet and tangy. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: didn't use that. <laughs>
2: I meant, did I say Miracle Whip? That's,
1: like, that's dirty. Did what I you say? Doing? Did I say Miracle Whip?
2: Yeah. Over you sure? totally did. Okay. Uh, no, I meant-
1: I love that. I love that you said that. That's so funny. Okay.
0: Okay. I meant Ready Whip, whatever it's called. Yeah, we used that. So, yeah, it was fun though. I mean, like, I'm glad I could contribute or do something for the cause, you know? And that, that's yeah, the Yeah, we thing. definitely appreciate it. And I think- the parties the libertarian party of uh, King County uh, donated money to it. I don't know if that has hit your account yet, but I think they said they were so
1: great.
2: They did. Well, I'm not sure that it hit the account, but they definitely said they were. Yeah. They, they voted and at least set to make a donation. So we definitely appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, as far as uh, the, the political side of things, that's what libertarians have to do. So we have to step up and be the answer to that question. You know, if without government, who's going to fix the roads? Well, it, dominoes you know we will the consumer will that's awesome
0: i love it that we were actually talking about that is like getting a guest like the president of dominoes about the roads thing and i think Mm -hmm. again we do not need the state to do basic functions i mean it's not a hard concept people will donate their time or money if they see there's a need for it you know and that's that's Mm -hmm. the thing and by doing that then you know within their community they could be seen as someone someone special or somebody of higher status you know if you want to have status in your community you have to do things for your community so i think that's
1: being a good neighbor being a good good.
0: exactly Mm -hmm. being a good person so i think there's some a lot of value to that now um one other one other thing brent you have this website it says anarchist ambassadors what is that about
2: uh anarchist ambassadors is a group that we we put together in you know in our spare time to kind of again answer that question without government who will? Um, and our, again, our answer was we will. We did a few things. Uh, we did an education drive, You'd go out into your community, educate people however you can. We did a food drive, a feed the hungry event where people did everything from donated time at their local food bank to buying dinner for the next person in line at McDonald's to making sandwiches and passing them out to the homeless. It was pretty awesome. The, the idea being, you know, I love are, that. Yeah, we're constantly asked that question. Will you guys advocate for less government? What are you going to, you know, who's going to fill all these needs when government's not around? And if we don't have an answer to that, it's great to be right. And we can sit in the middle of the room and loudly scream that we're right and everybody else is idiots. But until we we have a viable solution, we're not going to get people on our side. And without people on our side, again, we're just sitting in the middle of the room yelling about how we're right.
1: Well, speaking of people sitting in the middle of a room yelling about how they're right, I was wondering, what are your comments right now on the L.P. National? What are you excited about? Where would you like to see the direction go? How how are you feeling about things right now?
2: Uh, about the the national party? Yeah, I uh I have smartly moved away from national politics.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's a smart recently? move. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, careful now, your fiance. I can say that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm excited about Kim Ruff for sure, and and That's John amazing. Phillips. Yep. Yeah, I'm super excited about principled candidates. Uh, I'm excited about the LP reaching out to youth. I I know that that was just passed recently. They've mm-hmm. they've got a a youth outreach program. I think it's important. I think that we focus nationally and locally. People libertarians tend to focus on the end game, which is weird as logical and and reasoning as we are. We tend to focus <laughs> instead of how to get there, where we want to be, and then you know we want a libertarian president, so we should have a libertarian president right now. But you right. can't do that without building a foundation for it, and the foundation to win campaigns is money and people. And right? You can't do anything with the money if you don't have the people. And yeah, kind of membership suit. drives yeah. is where we should be focusing.
1: Well, like, yes.
0: what do you think about your local party? So, like, besides now, you were saying the national level. I get it, but what about your local party? You're the vice chair, North Carolina.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, at the county level, I'm I'm pretty happy where we are, hustling and bustling and growing. The southeast of North Carolina was kind of uh, untouched libertarian wise for a while, but we're headed in the right direction. And the state affiliate is is fantastic. We've got a great state chair, uh, Susan Hogarth, and the entire executive committee there is pretty great. And all the volunteers are great. I have not met – people complain a lot about libertarians and, and what they see online, but I have not met anybody in person that I didn't immediately fall in love with and think, God, this is my liberty family. Me These too. These are the people I should be around. Yeah. yeah. It's weird.
0: Hashtag yeah. me too.
1: They, yeah. they are like family. That's why. You can argue with your family all day online, but when you get together for Thanksgiving, you're just having fun. Like, like that's what that is. It but is. um Yeah. Okay. So about where you're living in North Carolina, uh, what are the issues that your state and and county are facing right now on the political scene? And what is your party up to? Like, what are you guys doing?
2: Well, right now we are focusing on the candidates that we've got and North Carolina had a a lot of candidates. I should probably have numbers in front of me and I don't, but we had a massive amount of uh, candidates get ready for campaign season this year we're trying to support those and get information out about those. There's a lot of interest in medical marijuana here and recreational marijuana and we're we're working on that. But like I said, mostly we're focusing on outreach and getting the right. the core principles out to potential members and members Beautiful. that are inactive. Yeah, and getting people involved.
0: Yeah, that's important. I think you're right about messaging and getting the message out to people. But at the same time, uh, what do you feel about like people who are maybe taking a libertarian or who are libertarians, but are saying things that may not fall within the camp of libertarianism
2: uh h- how do you mean so like
0: let's just say you have you're in a red state. does your candidates who are running in the libertarian party tend to be more right leaning and try to appeal more to the right or do they appeal to the left
2: are what we are doing is we yeah we do have tend to have a lot of uh right leaning candidates or or some right leaning candidates and uh David Perry is a local. Candidate here in New Hanover County that I I, I would say is fairly conservative, mm-hmm. and some of his ideas don't line up with what every libertarian thinks things should be. But where he differs from the party, his approach is education. I want to win people over with a good argument, not using the you know the force of the state to nice. to apply his his principles. So I mean, as long as you're doing that, I mean it's a widespread spectrum. It's you know we got some right leaners and left leaners, but as as long as you're trying to win people over with your message and your argument and you're not trying to use the force of state, it's a libertarian message. Right on, man. Right I agree
1: on. to that.
0: And uh, one more question for you. So I saw the debate with you, or not with you, but you set up a debate with uh, Joshua Smith and Mike Shipley. I did. Is that the first event you had done? Is there more more to come? I mean, what, what, what was the point of that? Please. I, yeah, it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, maybe. I'm not really a host. I'm not a... Uh, how you guys do this all the time is is completely beyond me. Audio and video make me really nervous. I'm okay in front of a crowd or a couple of people, but knowing that I'm being recorded is is nerve wracking. So I might do more in the future. But the reason we did that one was I kept hearing from Mike that Josh didn't want to debate him, and I kept hearing Josh say that Mike didn't want to debate him. And I thought, you know, why not set up a forum where these guys can have a neutral party, kind of moderate and and help them work things out. It turned into a debate. People kept calling it a debate, but when I approached them, it was for a uh, it was for a forum. And both of them quickly agreed. Both of them jumped right on board. They were both excited about doing it. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, cool. We'll, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, so libertarian socialism is the idea of it, and and the way people react to it, I think was is a little bit odd. So I thought maybe getting the idea out there. Not that I'm a socialist. I am a capitalist, but. But maybe helping to get the idea out there and find some common ground would be good for the party.
1: Yeah, Um, I actually was thinking it'd be really cool to have people from um, different sides that they are labeling themselves and and all different types of libertarians. If you did that, you could do um, a a really cool, uh, even a radical minarchist versus a radical anarchist, both from the caucus would be a really cool discussion.
0: Here's one I would like to see. Chase Rachel's, you know, Christopher Chase Rachel's? I do. Okay, I do. him versus Robin <laughs> He's from Kerner. my
2: neck of the woods.
0: Yep. I, I actually, I like a lot of things that he has said. And I had him on the old show, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad, and he's a really cool guy. I really liked a lot of his ideas. Some people are going to say that I'm racist because I like him, but I think he is a cool guy. However, I, I would like him to debate Robin Kerner. That would be my ultimate match. I've been like, man, Chase Rachels versus Robin Kerner. I'm like, wow, that would be an intense fight.
1: Brent set that up.
0: Yeah, dude, you gotta do that one. Yeah. Chase Rachel's versus Robin Kerner. Wow.
2: Yeah,
1: Johnny can co-host it with you.
0: I, I'll co-host it, man. You don't have to worry about it. I'll just I'll be like, yo, do your
1: thing, brother, do your
0: thing. I got
2: you six. Right on. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it it it, it could definitely be interesting. Robin, I'm I'm trying to remember. I'm so bad with names. Robin uh, Kerner. Kerner. Political branding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that could be interesting. I'm I, Chase Rachel's is like I said from my neck of the woods. I haven't had a lot of experience with the guy, but he's uh, he's on my Facebook friends list. I, I don't agree with a lot of what he says. I think a fair amount of it is is silly. But you know, people ask me why I have certain people on my friends list on a on a regular basis, and usually my answer is you know some are here to teach me things, and some are here to learn. Mm-hmm. There you have it.
1: Yeah, and I I don't really vet all of my um friends completely now that i have so many people friending me on facebook if they have like 250 mutual friends i'm like okay like <laughs> you made it but then once in a while someone will sneak in and you have to delete them because they'll say something racist so i'm like oh geez i don't want to let anyone think i like that guy and then i'll oh, see I,
2: I keep those around on purpose i if you say something really horrific you're gonna stick around as long as i can keep you maybe you'll you'll uh, learn something now,
0: guess what the facebook will kick you out before that will happen
1: no, I have seen some cray stuff being said really? on my Facebook feed recently. Really, I, I, the other day, yeah, the other day I actually just unfriended. I just was like, wow, that's like the fourth really bad thing I saw somebody say. I don't even want to comment on it. I don't want any, them to even be near me. So I just—it was that bad. Be yeah, and you know I'm pretty uh, tough. You're pretty tolerant.
0: So, you're pretty tolerant of wow. people. Yeah. No, you're not actually. Yeah. I'm lying. No, you're not.
1: Really. That's- I try.
0: You're like, I'm trying to hold back, but I'm going <laughs> to this m***h. Mother- and I'm like, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, just like that. That's how it went, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, seriously. It, it rolls like that, Ray Ray. It does. It does. You get vicious. I'm like, I'm just, Johnny, I want to tear the <laughs> Like, okay, not aggression, babe. Not aggression.
1: Right, right. Just like that.
0: <laughs> i, I tell you, working with her. She's vicious. She She is. <laughs> No, but you have not seen that side of her. I have.
1: I am. He is right that I am a passionate woman. Uh, and I will get angry sometimes if somebody's up in there. Sometimes. Doing some. Oh, well.
0: Raylene, yeah. when we're in the studio, you're usually outside. And then after the interview, you're like, those. And I, remember I told you that my neighbor came by to like, is everything okay? I'm like, no, she's just venting. <laughs> I am not kidding you, man. This is, this is, she's trying to be cool now. She's trying to play it off. But no,
1: no, I am. I am very chill. Most well, not chill. I'm not chill. I'm actually pretty excitable, but I'm a passionate lady. And sometimes I get really mad when like somebody who says they're a libertarian advocates for gun control or something.
2: Something like like that.
1: That has happened.
2: Something like that. I know I've been I was in the LPWA forum. I saw that
1: That ruined my life. I, 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 it was hard for me. We're not going to name any names, though. I mean it was just it it felt um like not something I wanted to do. It's not like I feel like there's something that comes over me that says, well, now you got to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. See,
2: I get I get getting frustrated about it, but you know you got to look for the common ground and see where else.
1: Uh, you it's, know it's
2: what? you got to try not to be a purist.
1: I, I think that, well, let's see. Yeah, the we, deal. We, I am we a are purist, purist for me. Yeah. But I also am a person who wants to find common ground, work where we can, teach each other, educate each other. And as long as we're all moving in the right direction, I'm all about, you know, Brent, I'm just like you with your messaging, my messaging. I, I think we have a lot of similarities in that. And and so, but as soon as someone lies, right, like lies or... um
0: Commits fraud.
1: It's that's what it is. If somebody is lying or making false accusations or something, the gloves come off, and then you know, meow. It's
0: it's game on <laughs> with Raylene. Anyway, so this is blast off Attorney Johnny Rocket. I'm here with my ray of truth, Miss Raylene Lightheart, and we're talking to Brett Ritter. We're not done with you yet, sir. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. And if you're enjoying the show, please check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. And again, that's the launchpadmedia.com. Anyways, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Rocket Fire. So rock and roll. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton
2: and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, Striking the Root, every single episode. Why do people hate libertarians? One part of America calls them soulless robber barons who want to stick children back in factories. And the other part thinks they're drugged up anarchists. Who are they? And why have regular Americans been told to avoid libertarians and their ideas? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, Amazon best-selling author of Stay Away from the Libertarians, where I'm going to debunk the myths, misconceptions, and outright lies thrown at libertarians, ranging from the idea that votes can be stolen to the radical notion that you own yourself. From personal stories to ignored history, I lay out the facts and ask you if these dastardly libertarians are as much of a threat as the mainstream media and establishment politicians make them seem. You can go ahead and get a copy in print and in Kindle e-reader on Amazon today. Stay away from the libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Available on Amazon.
0: The beautiful ray of truth miss raylene lightheart
1: hello hello
0: and uh we're actually having a great time we are in between the breaks here uh we were talking to brent and uh he's a really cool guy i really like your uh outlook on things man
2: i really do oh, i appreciate it man that's the first time anybody's ever said i'm a cool guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks a lot right i don't believe it right i'm on, glad man.
2: that got recorded <laughs> yeah i got
0: i got it i got it on tape hey anyways so man what we do here on the second segment it's called rocket fire rocket. what i do on rocket fire sir, is i'm gonna ask you a series of 10 questions these questions will be politically related. If you can answer these questions between 30 to 60 seconds, that'd be badass. Brent, are you ready to play? Rocket Fox. Absolutely. All right, man. Here we go. Question one Is the government a tool or a weapon, and why?
2: Uh, the government's a weapon. Uh, the government is a weapon because tools help you get places, and a weapon forces your way in. That's why. Instead of ideas, idea versus idea, the government is force versus idea.
0: All right, man. Great
2: answer. Question two.
0: Does free speech help minorities? And is there such thing as free speech in a free society?
2: Well, all speech should be free. And sometimes free speech helps minorities and sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, you know, obviously I can I can help minorities by uh, sharing good ideas that, that props them up. Or I can hurt by sharing terrible ideas and bring people down. Right
0: on, man. Question three. Do you think tolerance is important? Why or why not?
2: I think that tolerance in certain instances is important. I think it's important to always seek the common ground before we start paying attention to where we differ. I think that it's also important to know when it's not okay to be tolerant, like being tolerant of terrible ideas and terrible actions. Right on, man. Question four.
0: Do you think there are limits on markets and is there any ethical boundaries?
2: Yeah, there are definitely ethical boundaries. I'm not an economist, but certainly there are limits to what the market can provide. And it's it shouldn't be about whether the market is going to meet a need or not. It should be about the moral way about going about business. Right on, man. Question five. <laughs> have
0: you ever considered embracing the ideas of an armed American revolution?
2: Uh I have considered it, and I think it's a terrible idea. I think there are only two ways to... <laughs> there are only two ways to... <laughs> To win here, and we can either win with you know ideas and education and putting basic sales and marketing techniques to work for us, or mm-hmm. we can pick up a gun. And I've got four beautiful daughters and a and a beautiful wife, and I just don't think uh, picking up a gun is the right decision for me, right? On. Or anyone else. I think you know we win the numbers. Yeah.
0: Bam. Question six: Do you believe in natural law? If
2: so, why? I do, to an extent. Uh, I believe that now I'm not sure that I'm super prepared for this question. That's the point. <laughs> Can you be, yeah, I bet it is. Can you be more specific? Uh, How do you mean natural law? Like we're
0: put here, we own ourselves, we own our actions, we own our decisions.
2: I do. I believe that sometimes when people refer to natural law, they're, uh, really talking about societal norms and not our natural state. But yeah, I do. I believe that we are in control of, and responsible for all of our actions. Question seven,
0: what is a left libertarian and is it viable, coherent,
2: and relevant? Uh, a left libertarians, uh, it, so we talk about LibSox, or I do talk about LibSox a lot and whether left-leaning ideas are applicable to libertarianism, and I think they are. I think that the left tends to, their found, the foundation of their ideas are like extreme empathy. And I know that a lot of us find socialism really gross, and I do. I'm not a fan of actual socialism. But if you want to name your, <laughs> your way of thinking uh, socialism as long as you're not using force, I think you're fine. I think that if you have leftist ideas and you want to see them applied through good arguments and education, I think that's great. Right on, man. Question yeah. eight.
0: Well, how would a libertarian society handle hostile foreign powers? How do you think defense could be privatized?
2: Uh, I think that as a whole, people will pay for what they need. And I think that people are aware that we need, we need defense and whether that's on a small scale, you know, local county wise, private security firms, or if we're talking about donating nationally to, or or on a large scale to uh, defense that way, I think that we can make it happen. And it's, The market will provide things like that, things that are absolute necessities that that people believe we need. We'll pay for ourselves and we'll organize ourselves. Right on, man. Question nine.
0: Do you think libertarianism shies away from anything ethical or moral?
2: The the philosophy of libertarianism? Is that what you're asking? Yes, sir. I think that there are dangers involved in libertarianism. Uh, I think that without using force to to get our ideas across we're going to have to work a lot harder and educate people and make people understand why things are a, sometimes a bad idea or unethical or immoral right on that
0: are the actions that we make the result of our own free choices or are they simply the end result of a long chain of cause and effects
2: your actions are definitely your own choices you, you are totally responsible for your behavior, and there's no way out of it.
0: Right on. And that's rocket fire. Give it up for Brett DeRitter.
2: Oh,
0: that wasn't oh, no. too bad. Wasn't too bad. You did good. Yeah, you did great, man. Anyways, those Johnny Rocket here at Blast Off, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth. We're talking to Brent DeRitter, and we're gonna take a quick commercial break, so stick around. We'll be right back.
2: On all liquor
1: and all drugs and all time. And I've been in this prison now since 1985. Locked up in this hole for so long that I just wanna die. Good times at the gates of hell. Show me shy is in this prison cell. Good times at the gates of hell. Now be weights fine.
2: Check us out at weirdlibertarians.com. It's time to shake up your podcast feed, folks, by subscribing to Lions of Liberty, the only libertarian variety show out there. Spend Mondays with me, Mark Clare, as I feature in-depth interviews with great names in the libertarian community and fun roundtable discussions.
0: Electric Liberty Land with me, Brian McWilliams every Wednesday, your weekly dose of comedy, culture, and liberty.
2: And Felony Fridays with me, John Odermatt, where I expose injustice. In the broken criminal justice system. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and at lionsofliberty.com. Hey, this is
0: Blast Off with Johnny Rocket, and I'm here with my Ray of Truth, the beautiful Riley Lightheart. Hello.
1: Yeah.
0: Hey, Ray, how you doing?
1: I'm having so much fun. I love Brent.
0: I have my second wind now. Before, I was just like, in the beginning of the show, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I I was not in it.
1: You told me you are tired. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm so tired. Oh, my God. This is killing me. I'm like, like, I'm I'm going to pass out right after the show. I swear to God. You, that's need some, th-
1: you need some B12, man.
0: I need some flipping food. I'm hungry too, so I don't know. But uh, I haven't moved yet, but Raylene is actually recording from home this episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, uh, we you couldn't make it out to base one. So I'm just sitting here at base one. There's boxes everywhere.
1: No one's there to make you your sandwich. Nope. Like, how sad is that? I don't All know. All right.
0: It's pretty sad. Pretty sad. So there is yes.
1: Can I ask the first question for Brent?
0: Absolutely. Cat got an ass.
1: <laughs> Are you ready?
0: Oh, I'm totally ready.
1: Okay, Brent. So I you did bring up about how, how to use sales techniques and, and different ways to get engagement with people and make members for the party, but also finding people who want to embrace the spirit of self ownership as a philosophy itself. I mean, they are our future voters or people who will leave us alone, which is exciting. I watched this awesome video that you did um, a a little over a year ago, and it had five quick tips for selling individual liberty. And I loved the video. In fact, I wanted to share it, but I was going to wait until after this show. Would you like to go into what those five tips were?
2: Oh, I remember doing the video. I'm not sure I remember... Uh, what the five tips were, but yeah, I could definitely share some insight on, on how to uh, approach the idea or approach selling the idea of individual liberty. Let's hear it. So libertarians tend to hear a lot that we're selfish, we're coldly logical, and you see those arguments made online where it ends in uh, a libertarian saying, it's not my responsibility. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. That's our individual responsibility. And the idea of individual responsibility is great, the idea of community is great too and we need to focus more on that and what we tend to do is as libertarians we we focus too much on this isn't for me this isn't my problem this is your problem you fix it no medicare <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's it no uh-huh. yeah so we we need to start addressing people's problems and if people have an issue with you know well i rely on public education And how without the government or if you with minimal government, if you stop funding education, how are my kids going to learn? And instead of responding to that with it's not my problem, figure it out. Just simply explain the idea of voluntary funding and how if it's an important need, the community will fill the need. Empathize, you know, don't make arguments. Mm -hmm. That's that's the basis of (laughs) outreach. You can't shut people and their ideas out. You have to find common ground.
0: Well, here's the thing. You also talk about, briefly touched on this, but can you give some examples of how you would apply your radical ideas that we all share here on this podcast pragmatically? I'd like to hear like some examples of like what you would do in that situation.
1: Let's do a mock one. Let's do this, Brent.
0: Okay, so let's just say I'm Socialist A and Raylene Socialist B+. <laughs> B+. Plus.
1: All
0: right.
1: Okay. I'm plus size. All this ass. Ah. Oh,
0: this is too good. All right. What about the children, man? What about the children? Because, you know
1: Do education.
0: Yeah. If we don't have public education, the kids are just going to be stupid. Parents are not going to put their kids in school. And we're going to end up, our kids are just going to end up stupid if we don't have the state governing what they can do and what they can't do. We need our school systems. And I'm also fighting for the $15 minimum wage.
2: Okay. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) one of the... Well, you're, you're like super socialist, huh? All right. Yeah, <laughs> so, apparently. Uh, which is not how you would want to approach that conversation. <laughs> that was an example of what not to do. But yeah, so we use in sales, uh, and that's my background, we use something called Feel, Felt, Found. That's been around for decades and decades. Sure. Uh, yeah, even people that are not in the sales field, a lot of them know about it. But I would respond to that with you know public education. I understand how you feel. I have found that a lot of people feel the same way. Felt the same way. What we have found is libertarians agree with you and we want public education. We don't want government stealing from people to provide public education. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, it's just. Feel, felt, found. You Find some common ground and make your position understood.
1: And public education is different than government schools, which is one of those little word phrases that people like us who are doing messaging can explain.
0: Exactly. And And you're not lying either. That's right. There is a difference between public education and government education. Huge difference. Well, well,
1: they have become synonymous for us. They have. We just call it public school. But saying government schools is is a a little more of a principled way to handle it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Raylene, your turn socialist b plus come on
1: okay so i would i'm going to bring up i just think that we need to have more background checks to make sure that people aren't crazy what if these crazy people get a gun and then shoot everybody we should have a law to I agree. fix that yep what do we do
2: i understand how you feel about guns guns are dangerous guns in the wrong hands are definitely dangerous a lot of people have felt the other the same way i felt the same way what we have found is that law-abiding citizens go through those background checks and people who would harm other people, mass shooters or people who are going to use those to initiate force, do not go through the background checks and they, they don't care if you think they're crazy. They will find a way to get a gun. So really, all that's being advocated there is the disarming of good, nice people who would, <laughs> who would not use their guns to hurt you.
1: Are there good, nice people who want guns? Why would they even want one?
2: Yeah, man. Totally. Uh, definitely. Lots of lots of nice people want guns for lots of different reasons to protect themselves and them, their families from criminals or tyrannical government or sexual assault to go out and hunt. Right. Sexual assault. Absolutely. Definitely.
1: That's beautiful. Good That's job. Good, See, I'm you're good at this.
2: OK.
0: Socialist Day is back. He's he he smoked the bull. All right. So, <laughs> Brett, I'm like, really, you know, again, I feel like there are so many workers out there and they're just not getting paid enough. And I think it's the government's cause evil capitalists come in and they, they, they want to just take people's labor. They'll, they'll sell them short. They'll, they're not paying people a livable wage, right? And it's important to me that our citizens of this country are paid at least $15, maybe even more. I would, I'd actually advocate for like $50 an hour. And I think it's important that the guy down the street has a home and has food for his family. And like these big businesses are just ripping people off. And to me, it's like we need to force these businesses to do the right thing.
2: Again, I understand how you feel. And I have felt the same way. What we have found is that government regulation causes businesses to increase the the (laughs) can we start over, guys? Go ahead. Can I say edit? Can I do that? Yeah. Do it. All right.
0: (laughs) Ground control here. Well, Brent's a great guy, but for some reason he decided to say edit, which has tripped the ship's alarm system and forced me to stop the show. It's against official blast-off protocol for guests to tell me what to do. This is reserved for blast-off personnel only. And honestly, it's sort of too. I mean, Johnny boss as it is, I don't need other telling me what to do. But anyways, I've refused to edit his statement, so he's on his own. I've also cleared the ship's alarm system now, so we're good to go. Good luck, Brent. I'm going to go grab another beer.
2: So I I understand how you feel. Others have felt the same way. What we found is government influence and intervention in the market actually drives prices up, and government regulation drives prices up. And as prices go up, basic economics, as (laughs) <laughs> As prices for materials and things go up, businesses can either increase the price to their consumer or they can cut wages. So what you end up with is overregulation and a lack of wages. And I think that libertarians and and socialists agree that that's a problem. We just need to find a, a solid solution to fi- a solid solution for that problem. And I think it's less government, less restriction on businesses, open the markets up so that businesses can. Can get their products and their materials from mm-hmm. other venues and save money, so that they can pay their employees more.
1: We could talk about small businesses being able to do that, and then you bring it back to local, usually, and that can really help sell the message too.
2: And then, Raylene, we'll start talking about
0: organic food. All right, socialist B plus. Come on, bring them. Final question. Oh no,
1: no, actually, I was gonna, I'm gonna say, great job. I actually wanted to talk to you more about different personality types and how to engage them. Differently. So, if you were going to be talking to a more intellectual type, that's very data based, and I love science, and and you know the kind that is kind of repeats what they hear on NPR or from their college professor, how do you package what we're selling to somebody like that?
2: That's all right. So that's an awesome question. Yeah, the mock the mock stuff is kind of hard to do because you've, you're, yeah, you're you did you did really good though. You're looking you did great. at great. Well, I appreciate it, but it's it's about looking at your audience and knowing how to talk to your audience. And we, we've been dealing with this with uh, local candidates a lot, uh, candidates trying to figure out what's the best way to present the libertarian message. You need to decide what the person that you're talking to, your audience, what their priorities are. So if I was talking to uh, locals here, the, uh, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of Republicans here. If I was talking to my father and trying to explain libertarianism, I would focus on his constitutional rights and then move into individual rights. Right. I do that. Uh, exactly. You find that common ground. Right, exactly. If I'm talking to, you know, uh somebody off of a college campus, basically anywhere in the country, right, right. We're going to talk about their it, it's again that foundation is an extreme empathy. It's, you know, it, anti-cronyism or uh why It's important. A lot of times they don't understand. They tend to not understand why it's important to be allowed to not bake the cake. But if we give that power to government, when government is no longer in the hands of the left, that power is going to be used by the right. And then you'll be forced to not bake the cake. Right. I mean, (laughs) exactly. Yep. Let's let it be up to the individual and government. Again, if you're talking to somebody from the left, I would point out the government fails to protect the rights of minorities and to protect the well-being of minorities and that the market would do a better job because the left makes such a great argument. It's a great argument. I don't want to shop. I wouldn't go to a bakery where you you won't bake the cake because I agree. you're You're mean and I don't want to do business with you. Exactly, but at the same time, I've been
0: saying this since the beginning, is that will work itself out in the wash one way or another. If everyone knows you're They're not going to go there. You know, I think there was a bar. Well, somebody once said to me the counter argument to that would be, what if everyone in that region or that regional area believed in this sort of bigotry? Like there was this bar in Oklahoma. The guy didn't like black people and he would not allow them in. He was morally wrong. And I get it. Mm However, you know, the state was on them. They're trying to, you know, this is discrimination and blah, 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 blah. And if it was me, I wouldn't go in there. But at the same time, everyone in that area felt the same way. He obviously was not going out of business because of his behavior. Yeah. But I think on, the grand, on a grander scale, though, I think through education, through, you know, our education about what liberty is, I think people would start opening up and realizing that. You know what? That may happen in that one area, but it's not going to happen everywhere.
1: Culture's changing; mm-hmm. it, it
0: does change. So, like, that's the point. Like, that was a good—that was a good, valid point. Like, yeah, if everyone in the in this region felt that way, well, then let them feel that way. And maybe you shouldn't be there.
2: Yeah, well, you're so in the wrong spot. If I walk into a clan meeting yeah. and I look around and see a bunch of guys in sheets, you're in the wrong. It's God my to- responsibility to go. Yeah, I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, <laughs> this exactly. isn't the place for me. Yeah, exactly. And you can't, right. you're not going, government is not ever going to abolish bigotry. Bigotry could stop, it, it's possible that bigotry could simply stop existing, but it's going to be through education. Mm-hmm. You're not going to make people stop being a- by using force against a- That's right. That's right. It, it, you're going to make people be a- in private. That's and right. The reason that it's important to allow people to be a- is that's how we know who the a-
1: they out themselves and so self
0: expression self expression though they still have the right to and that one question I had about free speech and I was talking about free in a free society we'd have property rights, and what I was kind of alluding to on that question was is that if you own your home and somebody's saying something you disagree with, you have the right to kick their ass off and in theory oh, totally. if there is no public property or government property really right you are limited on your free speech you are actually limited on your actions that's right and so i felt like that's where i was kind of i was kind of leading you with that because i was thinking to myself like if you have free speech you don't have free speech if you're on somebody's property period and if there was no public property you technically wouldn't have free speech anymore.
1: Well, I mean, even that, I'm going to say, I'm going to argue with that philosophically here. If you have a small community and there is a there are public areas, um, common places. Common
0: areas, sure. Common areas, that, right?
1: They're going to exist and there probably will be a code of conduct and it might be that you get in a fist fight if you say mean things to each other and it just handles itself. Or, or it might be, you know, don't do this and don't do this or everybody else that works here and has their little shops up and where we're doing our bartering or whatever it may be, they can kick you out. Like possibly something that you're signing up for. I mean, we're going to see all kinds of things. What I'm saying
0: though, is it could be more restrictive than what we have now.
1: Definitely. In
0: theory. Oh, it definitely
2: would. Absolutely.
0: So that's what I'm getting at. So the only place you would actually have free speech would be in your home. Technically.
1: Maybe. On your property. I would, I would like to have a free speech zone. If it was my property, I'd be all about sharing that free speech. I think that that's important.
2: I would not. I totally, nope. You're out of the yard. You have to leave the bonfire if you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if you really think about it, though, would we really have free
0: speech in a free society? I know that sounds contradictory, but you really wouldn't if it was based on property rights. Like, you say the the common area. Well, then everyone would come come together in a council meeting and sit there and vote on what the laws are around the campfire. And you would have those laws. And I think there's, like, again, there is spontaneous orders where you just kind of know what the laws are. You know what I mean? Like, you walk somewhere and you're like, okay, I know kind of like you do as, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans do like there's going to be different standards and people are going to hold different standards. So I don't know if there would really be free speech in a free society, unless you are in your own public property or there is, or you're allowed to by the property owner in which you are on to have free speech.
1: Yeah.
2: Interesting. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It, speech would be much more restricted in a free society. It's which sounds r- ridiculous. I know you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems weird,
0: but it's true. I mean, it, when you apply property rights to the to that situation, it kind of makes you wonder. I'm like, that's where I was kind of going with that question. I thought it was kind of interesting. And I'm glad, I'm glad you agree because I, I kind of see that happening. And like Raylene and I keep bringing up though, in a, a free society, it might be more restrictive than what we have now, but we would have freedoms in our own property.
1: People are very afraid of lawlessness when they think of self governance and uh, small voluntary communities and, and things like that. People are very scared of the idea of all that freedom. Cause what are other people, people going to do? It's always about what other people are going to do. They're not worried about themselves. They're worried about others.
2: Yeah, and it's government that restricts. I mean, it's government that creates lawless, lawlessness. Lawlessness. Mm-hmm. That's that's the issue. Is you're you're not allowed to retaliate or to to defend yourself without fear of Big Brother stepping in and why well, you went too far. You shouldn't have done this, or you it, it wasn't right. necessary to defend your property. Right. I mean, government creates lawlessness. It does it's dangerous. Well, here's
0: the thing. They make laws. But it doesn't mean people like I, I was telling Raylene this. I said, you know what? Murder's illegal. But guess what? That still happens. Domestic violence yep, yeah. is still illegal, but that still happens.
1: Well, and it actually makes it to where you can't go after the person even if you know they did it. So if a woman is raped, right now we have what kind of backlog on rape kits? We know that that doesn't really work, it doesn't help. And if, somebody, if something like that happens or something happens to your child, you're not allowed to go and carry out any form of justice, you have to go through the police who then have to prove it in a court of law or can flub up a case or they just call them on the phone and ask them if they did it and they say no and then they just move on. That happens.
0: They're going to give you service because there's no incentive for them to do the right thing. Right. If they actually, if it was a private organization and you hired your own private cops and there was private courts and private judges and private law firms that had nothing to do with the state.
1: Crime would get solved.
0: No, but I think there would be more incentive for people to do the right thing. I don't think that there would be, I think it would be very, you know, there would be injustices. Absolutely.
2: There'd be injustices. There's
1: always going to be injustice. Right.
2: But at the same time, there's always going to be injustice. And you, one of the things that will stop those injustices is, is a fear of retaliation of a fear of Mm -hmm. a person. What we would consider now taking the law into your own hands. I mean, you look for victims. If you're a criminal, if you're a bad person, if you're immoral, you look for, the weak, you look for victims Mm -hmm. you don't look for someone who is willing to turn around and kick your ass for what you just did that's right that's
1: right
0: that's true though i mean like hence the term an armed society is a polite society if everyone is armed there's less likely of a chance that there'll be violence and i found it hilarious because the way they've painted like the wild west you know there was hardly any gunfights that was that's that's all hollywood there was gunfights there was gunfights But it was nowhere near the caliber in which they portray in those Western films. Like, people are just not going around shooting everyone. There was a gunfight here and there, but it was nowhere near the violence that we have now. The only people who own guns, the majority of people who own guns that are not registered are the criminals. They're the ones that are using it for gains that are evil or malevolent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, those are the people we should be worried about. I'm not saying register your guns. I'm I'm, I'm saying in today's world, no. the, what we live in right now, you know, like criminals are going to get guns if they get guns, fine. But if a, a good person gets a gun, they go to jail. That's the problem.
2: Right. Yeah. Disarming the population is, is not going to be helpful. The reason that there weren't shootouts all the time in the old west, despite what Hollywood says is because people are afraid to die. That's right. Nobody wants to die. There are very few people that want to die. While we all may want to think that we're Doc Holliday, I will not be your Huckleberry yeah, I am uninterested. Yeah. I don't want to get shot. No no one does. Exactly. That's the point.
1: It is. And that's what I, I, I want to tell people who, uh, what, well, like again, the gun control, I'm obsessed with the gun control. Apparently today, when people talk about that kind of thing, it just drives me nuts that they don't understand that, um, that, these people want a gun to protect themselves. They're not try- trying to go out and hurt people. No nobody's doing that. Like we actually have less guns out there than we used to.
2: And- yeah, gun gun control is racist. Gun control is the least left thing I've I've ever heard. Gun control is racist, it's sexist, it's anti-LGBTQ. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I agree. gun gun control is white privilege, and you will not hear me say the words "white privilege" without being sarcastic on a regular basis. Yeah, I got. If anything was ever, if anything was ever white privilege, it's it's the idea of gun control.
1: Well, and now it's classist. Yeah, just like zoning regulations, just and like marriage license, gu- this-
2: marriage license racism.
0: All of it was based on racism. All right, Raylene, prepare for landing.
1: All right, roger that, Johnny.
0: Seat belts and shoulder harnesses.
1: Your body, your choice.
0: Landing gear and downward expanders.
1: NAP initiated.
0: Anti-state superchargers.
1: Defragged and woke.
2: Landing lights and guest websites. Brett, give us your dot coms. You can get in touch with the Liberty Coalition for Disaster Relief and see what we're doing at www.facebook.com forward slash Liberty Coalition DR. We're also teamed up in North Carolina with the United Cajun Navy. That's facebook.com forward slash United Cajun Navy. Right on, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Again,
0: man. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Badass stuff. Anyway, so we're going to talk to Brent some more here on the After Party. So if you guys are not subscribed to our Patreon, please go to supportblastoff.com again that's supportblastoff.com where you can hear Raylene and I ask Brent the questions that our listeners want to know (laughs) so I think he had some uh, questions I put it on my Facebook and apparently Brent read them already so he's prepared for those but anyways this is Johnny Rocket always launching ideas and I'm here with the Ray of Truth Miss Raylene and uh, you got anything to say?
1: No but thank you
0: Rock and Roll Yeah. Anyways, so this is Johnny Rocket. Thank you
2: again. And please check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com. See you next week.